We're in the middle of a six-week study called Stay Positive, and I'm really excited about this series, mostly because I need it. Uh, this is something that's really, really a big deal in our culture, society. There's just so much negativity everywhere, and so we're really taking a look at not just like positive thinking, but we want to study and see what God's Word, what the Bible has to say about staying positive, and really there's actually quite a bit in there that we found over the last couple of weeks as we continue to dig in and see how God encourages us to stay positive in life with so much negativity and so much, so much things going on and around. And so today we are talking about being encouraged. So today I am encouraging. This is something that I'm really excited about and something that I, I have challenged myself in that I want to be encouraging. And so we're going to take a look at this. And really, there are voices of discouragement everywhere. I mean, we don't really have to look far. You can just turn on pretty much any news station or get out the news app or just even in your feed. There's just so much negativity, so much criticism. There doesn't really seem to be a lot going on with people encouraging one another. There really seems to be a whole lot of people tearing down one another. And honestly, for most of us, we get this. It started at a young age, right? When you go to school, you find out really quick that it's not all about encouragement, right? You don't get picked for the team, right? No one picks you. Man, that was my story. I, I we just have like an honest moment here. I have like a tear for Brian. Don't feel bad for me. I was like always the last kid picked. I know you're looking at me and thinking that's pretty shocking. Why wouldn't they pick Brian, right? They didn't. I wasn't, this is a total rabbit trail, but I just got to go here because you will enjoy this. I remember always getting picked last. And the one year I played in the gym class, for some reason, I was in gym with all of the varsity football players. I don't know what happened. It was like a cruel joke, but I ended up in gym class with most of the varsity team, which was not awesome. And so I remember I got picked last and we were playing flag football inside the gym. And I remember they threw the ball. And, of course, no one covers me. No one throws the ball to me. You know, Brian just has flags on and is just running back and forth up and down the gym. That was my MO. So this one time, our gym teacher was playing with us because there weren't enough people um, to have an even number on the team. So he was playing. And I remember they threw the ball, and they threw it so bad that it was actually the, the inner zone. It was going to be a touchdown for the other team. I intercepted it. Like the Holy Spirit descended like a dove, and I caught the ball, and I caught it and didn't know what to do, and everyone just freezes, and the whole gym is like, Brian just caught the football. Like, what happened? And I remember my gym teacher, he was like the closest person to me, so I just book it for the other end zone, and I make it all the way, and he's chasing me, and I make it to the other end zone, and I actually got a touchdown, right? A defensive touchdown. It was like, that is the only athletic story I have in my entire life, and it's flag football in the gym. It's terrible. And my gym teacher probably let me get it, because he probably just felt so bad for me. But it's a true story, but I was always picked last, and we always know, right, that the discouragement, it always comes, right? You're not in the advanced class, like everyone else. So you get made fun of for being different. You know what? I'm really glad that I didn't grow up in today's day and age because today you can really find out if you're popular or the in crowd based on social media, right? You don't have as many people following you. You don't get as many likes on your picture. I mean, at least when I was growing up, you know, I just thought I was a loser. Now there's hard data to prove that I'm a loser, right? You can just see everything out there. So we see so much discouragement. And so it really doesn't stop when we're a kid. A lot of times it happens even as an adult, right? We go to work and your project wasn't good enough, right? They didn't see it, just didn't make what they thought it was be. Or you go home and your spouse begins to pick on you. And Christy, my wife, would never do that to me. But maybe that's your story. You get picked on. Or, or maybe your in-laws tell you that you're not raising your kids right and your kids agree with them, right? It's just discouragement. Or get this one, you get a brand new shirt, right? And you love this shirt. You get out and you wear it and someone actually asks, is that a new shirt? And you're like, yeah. And they're just like, oh, 
And you're like, what? Oh, like, like, oh, like in, oh, yeah, or oh, and like, oh, like, they just, there's just nothing. It's like, where's the encouragement? Is that a new shirt? Yep. Oh, and you're, and you're sitting there wondering, you know, what in the world does that mean? Or how about you go on social media and you see one of your friends and they're on their second amazing vacation of the year, and you're thinking, I haven't even taken one vacation this year. Or you see someone out on a date with somebody at a great location, you're like, man, I wish I could go to a place like that. Or how about this one? You see pictures of the party that you weren't invited to. It's so discouraging, and you can begin to think because of all the voices of discouragement that my life stinks, right? You may, I don't know if you've ever felt that way. I don't know if you identify with that, but we have so much discouragement, but I believe that God is calling you to be an encourager, that God wants us to be encouragers, that he wants us to build each other up when the world is tearing everyone down. Matter of fact, I believe this is an incredibly spiritual thing that we can do. It's not just being nice, but it's something spiritual that we can do to build each other up. So here's the thing that we want to get today, and here's where we want to start, is that our God is an encouraging God. The God that we serve, the God who created the universe, the God who created it all, the one who sent us Jesus as our Savior, that our God, the God we read about in the Bible and all the amazing stories and see what he's done, this God is an encouraging God. And so that's where we want to start today, that God is an encouraging God. And we'll see here in this verse in 2 Corinthians, it says this, when we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us. I don't know if you've ever felt that way. There's no rest, especially coming up in the holiday season. It'll feel that way. We face conflict from every direction with battles on the outside and fear on the inside. Man, is that not a description for how life feels sometimes? That you're facing battles on the outside of things like the circumstances, you're just getting crazy, and then you deal with the internal conflict, the fear that we're going through. But in verse 6, it says, but God but God who encouraged those who are discouraged encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. So I love this here. We see that they are discouraged because of the battles that they're facing just coming from every direction. Can you identify? And then from the fear that they're facing on the inside, probably caused by all the discouragement that they're seeing. But God sent them Titus so that they would feel encouragement. So I don't know if you came here discouraged today or if you're facing some battle or you're feeling that fear on the inside, but I want you to know and be assured that we serve an encouraging God that wants to send you encouragement just like we see here in this chapter. That we can know that someone cares, and even if no one else cares around us, which sometimes it feels that way, we can know that God cares for us. So I don't know if you've ever received some kind of encouragement, but here's what I've come to realize in life. That many times the little encouragements that seem to come my way, sometimes we could just chalk it up to being like, maybe that's just a coincidence. But I believe if we would begin to look at them through spiritual eyes, we'd begin to recognize just like these people were sent someone from God to send them encouragement, that God many times does this in our own lives. That he sends people to encourage us. And even simple ways that might not seem really significant, but really if you take a closer look, it really can be something that God uses. So this week I was on the phone with a really good friend of mine named James, and he's a college buddy of mine. I don't know if you have those people in your life that you meet along the line and just become someone who just becomes close, right? And so James is one of those people for me. We, had, we did a lot of life together. We got really close in college, and so James is a world traveler. This guy loves to travel. Matter of fact, even when we were in college, most of us, like people like me, normal people like me, you know, Christmas break comes up, spring break, and you usually 
you know, go home or visit family or you have to stay and work or whatever. Not James. Like James would like, he would, you know, we go home and he goes to Europe in backpacks. Like that's, that's James. And so he's a world traveler. He still does. I always love to text him like, where are you in the world right now? You know, or see his pictures on Facebook. And so I was talking to him this week, and he's like, man, I just really want to tell you thank you for something. Like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'm like, okay, well, what's this about? So several months earlier, I was thinking about James, and I actually sent him a text message. It was just random out of the blue. It was like, hey, man, just thinking about you, praying for you. Hope you're, hope you're doing all right. And I remember at that moment him sending a text back and being like, hey, yeah, I'm traveling or whatever. But when he shared the story with me this week, I was just really blown away. So he was, at, he was actually in Israel when I sent him this text message, and him and another guy wanted to go do some sightseeing, and so they're kind of adventurous, so they go to Palestine to go do some sightseeing. So he said this sounded like a really good idea. Instead, when they started going through all the gate checkpoints to get there in their rental car, um, like all of the uh, Jewish military people were kind of like, from Israel, were like, like, what are you doing? Like, they're like, well, can we drive through here? And they're like, you can, but you know, their faces are saying, you know, you might not want to, but you can. So they're like, oh, it will be good. You know, we got our GPS on our phone. So they get into Palestine, and things turned shady really quick. He's like, it turned into like a movie set. They're like bombed out villages. Cars are turned on their side. Like people are just giving us the stink eye in everywhere we go. Uh, a lot of military presence and the situation disintegrated really bad. And so the place they were trying to go, they get there. They won't even let them in. Like you can't even go tour it, even though it's like a, it's a biblical place they wanted to go, you know, from the Bible. And they're like, no, you can't. And so things just descended really quick and they started getting really scared. Like we just need to get out of here. Like the situation just was turning really tense. And so they turn around and they're trying to get back into Israel. They have to go through all these checkpoints and they're waiting to get in. And he said, that's when the text message hit his phone from me that he was just like, and he said, you remember when he saw it, that he had such a peace and he's like, man, and he showed his friend, he's like, look, man, my boy, Brian's praying for us. We're going to be good. We've got this. We're going to get through. And I had no idea. So just imagine me here, Brian in Pennsylvania and Pittsburgh sends a text message thinking of you, goes all the way to Palestine to my friend who in that moment just needed some encouragement. And isn't it amazing that God could use something just seemingly so insignificant as a text message or being encouraging to someone that God can use that to encourage them in that moment. And maybe it's not a text message. Maybe it's a song that you heard, and it's a lyric that you hear that's just like, man, that's just, that's just what I'm going through. It's what I needed in that moment. Or maybe in your Bible study time, or a verse that you read, or in the Bible app, the verse app. This has happened to me, the verse of the day that just pops up in there, and it just seems to speak it to you in that moment, and God just sends that subtle encouragement. Or maybe a message that you heard at church and it's like, man, that, that's that chapter, that's that verse, that's that thing that I just really needed to hear. Or someone lets you know that they're, they're praying for you. And in that moment, it just means so much that someone would pray for you and let you know that they're encouraging you and that they're for you. So we're going to take a look at three of the most spiritual things you can do, because we're talking about encouragement, and I truly believe that encouragement is a spiritual thing that we can do. So we're going to take a look at three of these today, and the first one is to encourage others daily. So these are three of the most spiritual things we can do, and the first one is to encourage others daily. And why do we want to do this? Because the voice of discouragement is everywhere. And we know ourselves how much we need encouragement. And so we've got to step out and begin to encourage others daily. And that discouragement is everywhere. I mean, you tried your best and it just wasn't good enough for everyone else. Or you left the dishes out again and you're like, ah, oh, just so much discouragement. Or your spouse says, man, why can't we afford to go here? Or why can't we afford to do this? And you just feel so discouraged. And even beyond all the outside voices, 
We begin to hear our own voice and the internal discouragement. Maybe I'm alone in that, but we begin to talk ourselves down. Man, I just don't have much to give, or no one really appreciates me. And we begin to feel so discouraged. But I love this verse in the Hebrews that says this, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Don't you love that? Encourage one another daily. It is one of the most spiritual things that we can do is to encourage one another. Something that has been taught to me, and I, I really try to live by this, is that when you think it, just go ahead and say it. Like if you think some encouragement, go ahead and just tell someone. If you're thinking about that, someone, send the text message. Send the message on Facebook. Just let them know if you're seeing them at work or a family member, you appreciate your spouse, just go ahead and let them know that you appreciate them. Be lavish with your encouragement. If you think it, just go ahead and say it. Now, I know this might be surprising to you, but as a pastor, I am vulnerable to discouragement. Even as in a pastor's role, a lot of people think that, you know, we've got it figured out, that we've got it going on, which really isn't true, but it's nice that people think that way of me sometimes. But I am vulnerable to discouragement, and I need people to encourage me. So prior to launching Treeline Church, I did student ministry for about 15 years. And I don't know if you would know this or if you'd be surprised by this, teenagers aren't always the most encouraging group of people. I know that might be shocking to you, but I pour my life into student ministry and investing into them, and they're not just coming, oh, Brian, we are just so thankful for you. That, that message just meant so much. Thank you for calling me out for being an idiot. Like, just, I'm so encouraged by that. And that didn't really happen a lot. But occasionally, I would get a letter or a card or a little post-it left on my desk with an encouraging note on it. And I can't tell you how much that meant for a teenager to take some time out of their day and actually write something to me and encourage me. And it meant the world to me. And matter of fact, I began to keep a file in my desk. And I didn't really keep files because everything's digital anymore. But I actually kept a file that I would put all of those notes and those cards in, and I would get them out occasionally and just read through them, and I was just so thankful for the encouragement, knowing that I was making a difference, knowing that students' lives were being impacted, knowing that I wasn't just a failure, even though sometimes I felt that way, that I was being encouraged by just their simple notes that they would send to me. And I, even today, as I continued in making this jump, making this leap of faith to start a brand new church. It was not easy, and it's really scary to get to that point where God is calling you to something, and you make the jump to do it, and it has not been easy, and there's been a lot of challenges along the way. The last year and a half, it's been just absolutely crazy. So many ups and so many downs and so many challenges thinking, man, how are we ever going to get over this? Am I, am I called to this? Did I, did I make a mistake? Like, what are, we're sometimes just sitting there like, what, a, what am I thinking? And I can't tell you how thankful I am for people in my life, especially other pastors who have already planted a church, who maybe even be a few years down the road for me, or even just at the same time tracking from us. There's just those text messages that you get, those phone calls that you get encouraging you, letting you know that they care about you, and that they're thinking about you, and that they're encouraging you. And so the last couple of weeks, a couple of weeks ago, was we just, we got the church launched, and things just began to get stressful, and just feeling a little overwhelmed. I remember a friend of mine who was also a church planter, and they're just about a year ahead of us. And I remember him sending this text, and I wanted to read it to you today because it just meant so much to me. He said, hey, brother, just checking in. 
praying for you today. Remember why you started this thing and keep your eyes on Jesus, nothing else. You are enough, you have enough, and you serve a God who is more than enough. Love you, brother. And I remember just getting that text right in that moment, and it just, I couldn't even believe that he took, and it was on a Sunday, like after church, and you couldn't imagine how busy he was in that moment to send that to me, and how much it meant to me to know that someone else took the time to encourage me. And it was like, God just like sent this arrow straight to heaven to my heart through a text message that a friend sent to me to encourage me. And I'm so thankful for people in my life who take the time because we have to be intentional to encourage one another. It also says this in the book of Hebrews. It says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. See, I need encouragement, and so I give encouragement. And see, we all need encouragement, and so we all have got to give encouragement. If you think of something good, go ahead and say it. If you think of someone in that moment, go ahead and send that text message. Let them know you're thinking about them. And if you see someone at work that needs the encouragement, go ahead and say it. If you have a family member or a friend and it's like, man, I'm always down on them or I'm always trying to correct their behavior, just go ahead and encourage them. Even encourage your children. If you think of something, just go ahead and let them know that they're doing a great job. So the second thing that we can do is encourage others spiritually. So the first thing we said was encourage others daily, which the voices of discouragement are everywhere, so we're going to work on encourage people daily. And the second one is to encourage others spiritually. See, it's easy to take things at the surface level and encourage people, right? And be like, hey, you know what? Great job on that project. Or hey, how about this one? Your haircut looks really great. Now, if the haircut doesn't look really great, you probably need to just tell them the haircut looks great because they're stuck with it for a couple of weeks anyway. So just go ahead and let them know, hey, your haircut looks really great, right? Or how they just did some work on the house. Oh, wow, this looks really nice. It's easy to do things at the surface level like that, but it's really important that we take it to another level and encourage others spiritually. Take a look at what Paul said here in the book of Romans. He said, one of the things I always pray for is the opportunity, God willing, to come at last to see you. For I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. I want to be encouraged by your faith, and I want to encourage you in yours. So this is really important why it's important that we get together. And something I'm really excited about here at Treeline is that we are working right now on launching small groups. And so they'll launch after the new year. After the new year hits, we're going to launch small groups. You're going to hear a lot about it. Trust me, you won't be able to miss it. We'll make it a big deal. And we want to encourage everyone to get involved in a small group. Why? Because small group is a great opportunity to come together and to be encouraged by one another's faith and to encourage each other. And so it's a really big deal that we find opportunities to do that, to get together and be encouraged by our faith. I remember in this journey uh, as we took the step to launch the church, and so I grew up here originally. I'm from Pittsburgh. I grew up right next door. 
Went to West Allegheny High School. That's my alma mater. Scarlet and gray are true, right? All right, here we go. Let's go Indians. Uh, and so I graduated from there. I moved away for college and never really came back. And I, we lived in Indiana for the last 11 years. The state of, which I learned once we moved back, you had to clarify. Because when you tell people you were in Indiana, it was like Indiana, Pennsylvania, or Indiana, the state. So I really learned pretty early to be like, hey, we moved here from the state of Indiana that, that took care of that confusion. So we, we were living in Indiana for 11 years. We felt God calling us to plant a church. We really loved where we were at. The, the church and the ministry we were part of was just so incredible. It was just God was doing so many amazing things. Uh, I had been there 10 years at this church as a youth pastor, and I don't know if youth ministry, that's, that's a long time. Like most youth pastors, the tenure is under three years. So we made it 10 years there. God was just doing incredible things. We were just, things were great, and we just felt God calling us and challenging us to say there's something else. And we began to feel the stir that God is calling us to plant a church. And we're like, man, that just seems really scary. That seems pretty intense. And so it began a long journey of years praying through that of God. What does that look like? Where do you want us to go? We began to look at needs of where does where a city that needs a church? We really want to be a church that helps people reach people who are far from God. And so we began to look at all those demographics. And I learned more about more metropolitan areas in the country than I ever cared to know about. I could still probably rattle off stats and statistics for most of the major metro areas across the entire country because we got a Cracker Barrel map and we laid that thing on the table and we begin to see, okay, well, here's where the Cracker Barrels are, so this would probably be a good place to plant a church. No, that's not why we got the Cracker Barrel. It was just kind of what we, what we had, and we just began to pray over it, and we were like, God, where do you want us to go and eat hash browns? No, we were like, God, where do you want us to go and plant this church? And so we were really surprised when God opened up the door for us to come back to Pittsburgh. I never really thought it wasn't even somewhere we considered. We began to look all over, but God confirmed in our heart that this is where he wanted us to be. And we begin to look and study. We're like, wow, this really is a city that really has a lot of people who don't have a church, a lot of people who don't really haven't been accepted into a church or don't feel like they belong to one or are really far from God, have never accepted Jesus as their savior. And we begin to see, man, this is really somewhere God wants us to be long story short, short, he conformed, confirmed this is where we're supposed to be. We make the plunge. We leave two really great jobs. We leave some family and some friends that were like family to us, and we move to Pittsburgh. And I don't know if you've ever been that moment where you're at the edge, and you're like, man, I'm going to do this thing, and then you go ahead and pull the trigger, and you do it, and then you have this moment of being like, was that the right thing to do? Like, uh, I hope that was that was the right thing. But you're, it's too late. The ship has sailed. We moved here. We had just moved here. And we began to, it was really nice because we weren't pastoring at that point. We were getting ready for this to happen. And so we would visit other churches in the city just to see what they were doing. It was really cool. I never, being in ministry since, you know, forever, because my parents were pastors, never really got to visit a lot of other churches. But it was really exciting time to go and visit. And so it was just, it was in the early stages. We had just moved here. And so we were visiting a church. We were actually visiting Amplify, which is over on the east side of the city, over like in Plum, past, like out past Monroeville. So it's on the other, complete other side of the city. And so we went to visit there. And I had never met the pastors. And I remember um, after the service was over, I looked down and they have two pastors. They have co pastors, um, Pastor Lee, who actually founded the church back in the mid-70s. He pioneered this church, which is just crazy to see everything that God's doing. And so um, I ran down and met both of them, and then Pastor Jason was the other pastor, and so he's the younger guy who's kind of transitioning into the role, and so he had to run and go to the other campus to preach for their second service, and he was, hey, how are you doing? And so then I got to talk to Pastor Lee, who I'd never met before, and so I remember going up to him and just briefly sharing my story, and it was amazing. He's just, you know, this big church, and it just gives me his full attention in that moment, and just shared with him, hey, you know, my name's Brian, you know, grew up here, just feel God called us back to Pittsburgh to plant this church. And so let him know and share that story with him. And I remember 
He looked at me, and he said, man, I'm so proud of you. And he, like, gave me a hug. I just don't know, but in that moment, and see, for me, my dad was a pastor here in Pittsburgh, and he passed away in 2012, and, and it just meant so much to me to have someone tell me that they were proud of me and to give me that hug. And in that moment, I can't tell you what that did for me as all those fears and all those battles that I was facing on the outside and the fear that I was facing on the inside as we made that jump, and he gave me that simple hug and just said that he was proud of me and never met him before. And it just meant so much to me, the encouragement that it gave me spiritually and the peace that it gave me being like, oh man, God, you are in this. And I'm just so thankful for that just seemingly insignificant moment that he said that he was proud of me. And see, see, we can take something that's normal and we can just take it just a little step further when it's appropriate and we can make it into something spiritual. You can even do this with your kids. You're like, hey, that was a really great game. That was awesome that you scored that goal. And then you could just take it a little step further and be like, man, God has really given you a gift. I even did that with one of my daughters this week. She's just incredibly creative and she was just making something. It was really awesome. And so she shows me this art project she's working on. And I was like, man, that is just really great. God has just given you a gift of creativity. That's so great to see how God has gifted you in that way. Or maybe you know someone who's got a promotion, and you're like, man, that's congratulations, great job on that promotion. But then you could take it a little step further and make it a spiritual encouragement. Man, it's awesome to see how you've been so faithful with the things that God has given you, and now he's blessed you with this promotion. So you can take those simple things, and you can encourage them. You can encourage someone who is hurting. And we don't have to preach down to them. And so many times it seems like people in our society or culture today, they want to take God's word and beat people up with it. You know what I'm talking about? And they just want to beat people down like you're living your life terribly. But we can actually go the other way and we can encourage people spiritually. We can encourage them in what they're doing in their life. So the final and third thing we're going to talk about today is that you can encourage yourself in the Lord. You can encourage yourself in the Lord. So David, he was a guy in the Old Testament who became a king, and he was a really famous king. But David went through a whole lot, and at this point in the story of his life, he was massively distressed. Things were not good. Matter of fact, people were talking about stoning him. So it's probably a really bad day. I don't know if you've been discouraged, but aren't you thankful that your friends at work aren't like, hey, let's go take this guy out back and stone him to death, right? I mean, that's something we're thankful for. I mean, some, maybe you've thought that about a co worker before, but that's another message for another day. But David, this is the reality that he was facing. I mean, people were really after this guy. And so it says in 1 Samuel, it says this, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. So David didn't have the opportunity, and he didn't have someone to text him back in the day, you know, another king, hey, David, I know everyone's trying to stone you, but I want you to know that God's got your back, right? He didn't have that opportunity, so he actually had to encourage himself in the Lord, and that we have to encourage ourselves to the Lord, in the Lord. So here's what we're going to tell you today. I'm going to give you the license to preach to yourself, right? You might not think that you're much of a preacher, but I'm going to tell you, you've got to get your preach on right? I know some of you, you say that you don't got this, but I know some of you probably singing with that hairbrush in the mirror. So if you're able to take it to that level, you can preach to yourself and encourage yourself that you say, I have the faith for this, that God has got my back, that God is with me and he is for me. And if God is for me, there is no one that can be against me, that God has everything that I need and he will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory, that you can stand on the promises that God has put in his word and encourage yourself in those daily. Matter of fact, sometimes it's really important that you have some of those that you can just whip out in your back pocket at any time. And I've done this over this last year of being like, man, God is with me. And if God is with me, he is for me. 
and if he is for me, there is no one that could be against me. Or another verse that says, I can set my face like a stone, like I can just be encouraged and know that God will not allow me to be put to shame because he is who he said he is, and he will do what he said he will do. And there are just some times in our life where we just have to preach to ourselves and we have to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Because those voices of discouragement, sometimes they just come and they just discourage us and we feel there's just no way I can do this. I don't have what it takes. I'm a failure. I feel alone. I just want to quit in this. And that's when we've got to decide to encourage ourselves and stand on those promises that God has given us in his word. And so it's so important that you find some of those. Put those in your pocket. Have them ready and available and whip those out in those moments and say, man, I've got this. Not because of me, but because of who God is and we can encourage ourselves in the Lord, that God will work it out, that he will make a way, and we've got to have that encouragement on file. I'm so thankful that I, I've been able to save those text messages and be able to pull those up on my phone. Matter of fact, that file folder that I told you about, I still have that bad boy. You know, we moved here, and a lot of things didn't make the move. A lot of things get thrown out. I don't know if you've moved before. It's when you really find out what you need, right? Because it's just like, is it even worth getting this thing on the truck? No, it's not. You need to get it out of here, right? But this file made it with me. This was something that was important to me. And I'm so thankful that on this church planting journey that we've been on over the last year, I've been able to add to that file for the cards and the letters and the encouragement that have come as we've taken this journey. And so you've got to figure out a way to keep those things on file. Remember that moment that you had that encouragement. If you just need to get that text message back out, if you need to get that card back out, or hey, it's the digital age, go ahead and take a picture of the thing that someone sent you and even make a file of that that way that you can pull up that encouragement and be reminded in those moments when someone took the time to encourage you. And if you feel that you haven't had it, it's like, man, Brian, that's great that you have a file. That's great that people encourage you. Maybe it's just because you're a pastor and you're in front and it doesn't seem like people really encourage me. I would just want to tell you this, that if you don't have that encouragement coming in your life, I want to challenge you to begin to do it for others. Begin to encourage others. If you feel, man, I wish I had that kind of encouragement, just begin to do that. And that's something I've done in my own life. As that encouragement's come to me, I try to pass it on to others. There's some church planting friends, some pastors that I have in my life right now, and I'm trying to encourage them like crazy. Just letting them know, comment, even commenting on their things that they're posting, sending their messages. Man, you got this. Thinking about you, praying for you today. Man, how can I be praying for you? See, I need encouragement, and so I give encouragement. If you think it, go ahead and say it. So as we looked at the three of the most spiritual things you can do, here they are one more time. The first thing is encourage others daily. Why? Because the voices of discouragement are everywhere. So find ways to encourage one another. The second one is to encourage others spiritually. That we can encourage people at the face value, but if we just take it to the next level and find a way to encourage them spiritually in their faith, in their relationship with God. And the num last one, number three, was encourage yourself in the Lord. This is where you've got to stand on the promise that God has given you, that you've got to encourage yourself, find those promises that God has given you, because there are so many battles on the outside. Just like that first verse that we've read, we see, we see and face so many difficult and challenging things, and the voices of fear, they are so real. And sometimes we just need that encouragement. Sometimes we need others to encourage us, but also we need to encourage others. It is one of the most spiritual things that you can do. As we finish today, the band's going to come up and we're going to sing one last song together. And as they're getting ready to sing that song, I just want to take a moment and just pray for us. Because I don't know if you've ever felt discouraged or maybe you came here and you're discouraged today. 
And I just wanted to let you know that there is a God that loves you, that is for you, and he's not against you. There's a verse in Romans that I love so much that says there is nothing in heaven or earth that can separate us from the love of God. So if you've not been getting that encouragement from other people, which sometimes it doesn't seem to come, but you can know that there is a God who loves you and who is always wanting to encourage you. So would you bow your heads with me and pray? Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you that we serve an encouraging God. And Lord, I just pray today for every single one of us. And if there's any who just feel the weight of that discouragement, God, that there's just been someone in their life who's just been consistently discouraging God, or even in our own minds with the self-talk, and we just begin to doubt and discourage ourselves. God, I just pray today that that weight would be lifted. God, that they would feel and that they would know in this moment that you are with them and that you are for them, God. And in this moment that your grace is enough. God, and they would know that you are for them and that you love them, God, that the discouragement wouldn't weigh them down because they would know, even if no one else has got my back, there's a God who loves me and is waiting to encourage me. And God, I just pray today for each of us that we would rise to this challenge, God, as we've been digging in deep and staying positive and seeing what your word says, God, that we would realize that being encouraging is one of the most spiritual acts, the spiritual thing that we can do. God, I pray that we would rise to this challenge and find ways to encourage each other spiritually, that we would encourage each other daily, and that, God, that we would encourage ourselves in the Lord recognizing that we can stand on the promises that you have given us. God, I thank you so much. I thank you that you are an encouraging God, and I thank you for each person here today. I pray that they would leave here knowing that you are encouraging us, that you are for us, Lord. I thank you. It's in Jesus' name.